It's the morning show that no one knows and no one is talking about. I said no one is talking about, but if they did, they'd probably say it's the best way to start today with Rach and Dave. My name's Dave Hollis. I live here in the hollowed studios of the Start Today Morning Show, where color-coordinated bookshelves are a hallmark of the programming that you have come to expect. Thanks for joining me. Uh, if you're new to this community, and why would you be? Uh, usually my wife, Rachel Hollis, she sits right here, just uh, basically to the side of my right elbow. Sometimes I drop one on her. Uh, in real time, she is just crushed, showing up well for the East Coast on Good Morning America. So, uh, if you live on the East Coast, I think there's a chance that you may have already seen my wife do her thing. If not, it's about to happen because time exists differently across time zones. I'm not in charge of time zones. I'm just letting you know that she is on Good Morning America today and she shows up well for all of this country on a platform like that. It is strange competing with another morning show because I've never really considered this thing a thing that we have to compete with anybody with. But today, competing with Rachel Hollis, being on another show feels like she's a traitor. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I hate to say that out loud. I thought her loyalties sat right here at the hallowed studios of the Star Today Morning Show. And now today she's on Good Morning America. I'm wondering if maybe some of our viewership is being drawn to GMA. Has she no loyalty? Have you no decency? Have you no shame? Rachel Hollis. I joke. I'm so proud of her. Uh, she is fantastic. Can I tell you before we start talking about fear, I'm going to talk about the fear that keeps us from pursuing the dreams that we have because of the belief that we think that we are not prepared for the thing we're, we're walking toward. So um, you have some stigma, some mentality, some mindset that has convinced you in some backwards way that you have to wait until you're fully prepared for the challenge ahead that keeps you from actually pursuing the challenge. Because if it's really truly a challenge, if it's actually someone that, something that's gonna stretch you and make you grow, if it's actually something that's even worth pursuing, you will not be fully prepared for it. And if you are not fully prepared for it, you have to decide to go forward anyway. We're gonna talk about that today. But before we do, I just wanna uh, shout out to the kind of cheerleading that everyone needs, but you didn't realize you actually need. I'm apologize in advance. This isn't going to be one of my classier stories, but it's a reality. Welcome to the morning show without wheels. My name is Dave. So I get up this morning, go to the gym. I'm here by myself. So I've got to have my uh, oldest son as the person making sure that nobody wakes up and is alarmed, whatever. They, uh, you know, all were fine. I'm out in the gym. It's a 17 step walk from the house. I I'm doing my workout. I get in from my workout and I have to go to the bathroom. Like, you know, I'm a human being. I had my oatmeal this morning. I did my working out and I'm now at a place in my morning where I've got to use the restroom. And here's the thing, I'm, you know, look, 
I poop. <laughs> Classy. I know. It's a shock because you do and you thought maybe you were the only ones, but I, I do. Okay. So it's around that time of the morning. I have to use the restroom. I'm sorry for breaking it to you that I, in fact, am like you, not a cyborg. I have to go to the bathroom. And Noah Hollis is in a season where the way that we are celebrating her using the adult restroom, yes, that's correct, that's what we call it, is a thing that now has her cheerleader number one. I mean, cheerleader number one to any person in this house who decides to successfully use the restroom. So I go to the bathroom. And it's not like a, this is no, there's no production. This is not a long thing. I just got to come in and out. I'm going to do my thing. Thank you very much. Wash my hands, come out of the bathroom. I've sat down for about 16 seconds, maybe even 14, because I'm not there that long. I'm not doing a lot of stuff in there. And through the door, Noah says, Daddy, are you pooping? Like, she's so excited for the possibility that this is happening inside of the bathroom. Daddy, are you pooping? Oh, yes. Yes, Noah. Good job, Daddy. Like she just like screams. There's like so much pride like coming from her. Good job, Daddy. Good job. So then I'm like stage fright ish. Like, oh, man, now she's standing at the door. I'm not sure. Can I fit? like so instead of taking my normal like 26, 27 seconds, it's going to take a couple extra seconds because I've got an audience standing on the opposite side of the door. And I'm like, oh, man. <sighs> OK, you know what? I'm gonna, And she says. Daddy, are you making a big one? Daddy, did you do the big one? I'm like, oh, geez. You know, we don't need any details, but the pride that she has when she goes to the bathroom in a way that is like, like size matters for her when she's going to the adult restroom. I said, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, Noah, yes, I am. Good job, Daddy, good job, I'm so proud of you. Literally, she says, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, you know what, you know what? I'm proud of me too. I am grateful this morning. Like I got to go back and rewrite in my start today journal, the gratitude that I have for my two-year-old representing her pride in my ability to flush what I've eaten out of my body. And with that, let's turn to the more serious part of our show. So shall we? Come on. Um, Anyway, find yourself a cheerleader like Noah Hollis who wants to show up well for the fact that you can use the adult restroom and the rest of your day is going to be just fine. Thank you very much. So I put a post up today uh, about a thing I was thinking about as I was coming out of the gym because I, um, I'm going to read a little. Today's, uh, what is it, Workbook Wednesday? Read it, read, it, read it Wednesday. I'm going to read a little bit out of a chapter of my book between now and when it comes out. We have 19 weeks to go. 19 weeks, Dave? You're going to talk about this book for 19 weeks? Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, so we got 19 weeks to go. The second chapter of the book is a chapter entitled, The Things That Have Worked Are The Things That Will Work. Have a good day. Oh my goodness. Dressed for the cold. Have a good day. I love you, brother. Uh, so... Oh, it's still goodbye. I still love you. I love the fact that you're wearing a hood. Yeah, keep it real. I see it. So I, uh, I, 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 I'm going to talk about this chapter. And I was trying to think of like what in this chapter uh, connects to fear. And of course, it turns out everything connects to fear. 
I mean, like almost everything that has gotten in my way over the course of my time in having written this book or in the course of my life where I got stuck and then unstuck, most of the things that were getting in my way were related to fear. So the idea of talking about something in this chapter that is about fear was easy. Because most of what gets in our way ends up being fear. And for those of you that are joining the program in progress, uh, this is Fear Week in the Last 90 Days Challenge. The Last 90 Days is our attempt as a community to finish this year strong. And in each week, we're going to have a theme. And this week's theme is fear. And the thing that I put up this morning when I was thinking about this chapter and the thing to talk about is this thing that I think we as humans tend to struggle with when it comes to fear. And that is this idea that we have to be fully equipped, that we have to be fully prepared, that we have to do all of the work to be absolutely 100% ready to do the thing. And until we're at that point, we cannot make a move toward that thing, toward that big dream, toward that change in life, toward that thing that feels bigger than we might end up being in real time. And the reality is that is fear telling you a lie that one day you will be in a position where you are completely prepared to take on your thing. That that one day you are completely prepared to take on your thing. You will never ever be prepared to take on your next great challenge. Because here's the thing. Your next great challenge would not be your next great challenge if it were something that you were fully and completely prepared for. Right? If you're totally and completely prepared for the thing that you're walking toward, it's not a great challenge. It is not something that'll stretch you. It's not something that'll make you feel uncomfortable. It's not something that's going to trigger some of your insecurities. It's not, it's not something that is going to be a challenge. And in the absence of it being a challenge, it isn't going to make you grow, right? My pursuit in getting unstuck, my reason for writing this book, the motivation to move from what I knew to what I needed came out of a drive for fulfillment. I was on a search for how to be fulfilled. I'd lived a great life. I had all the things that everyone told me I should have and was unfulfilled in the absence of fulfillment. I went on a hunt for understanding why with so much abundance, I could feel unfulfilled. And the answer, the simple, simple answer was, I was not in a place where I was being pushed to grow. And in the absence of growth, I could not be fulfilled. It didn't matter what my title was. It didn't matter how much money I had. It didn't matter how tall the walls were around our house, what kind of car I drove. In the absence of growth, I could not be fulfilled. And the, the reality is, as I started to like connect these dots, oh, all I need to do is be in a position where I can grow to be fulfilled. I resisted doing the one thing that would actually unlock it, which is pursuing something that would make me grow because I was worried I was not yet equipped to do the thing I needed to go do well. What a waste of time and how self-defeating. It's such a defeating thing to suggest that, man, growth is the way to get to fulfillment and I want to grow, but I don't want to go to that place that could grow me until I am completely and totally prepared to handle it. Right? I mean, I put this in my post. I say it every single time we talk about this. God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. He, he in this instance for me, was like, yo, Yo, I've given you these gifts, 
right? I've said it before here on this show, like I was in this ditch praying for a miracle. And in that moment, my prayers were answered with this, hey, you're the miracle. Start acting like you know that you have these tools that you can go unlock all of this potential and start standing in a space where you're going to be forced to grow because that's where you're going to be fulfilled. And so I had to start taking steps. Though I was scared, I had to start taking steps. Though it was triggering my insecurities, I had to start taking steps. Even though I was not fully equipped to handle the thing that I was stepping toward so that I could grow, so that I would be forced to unlock the things that had been gifted to me so that the gifts that I have could be afforded to others. I had to accept that it was going to be scary and the scariness was the vehicle for my growth and that that growth was the thing that would unlock my fulfillment. If you feel stuck, if you feel unfulfilled, if you have the list of things that society says are good but don't feel full, there's a good chance that you're not in a position where you're being forced to grow and growth is this thing that you're going to have to choose to do even though it's scary and maybe because of it being scary, maybe because it triggers your fear, you will grow for having faced it, persevered through it and in that perseverance, find yourself becoming a better, different, stronger, more equipped person for whatever is going to come next. Wrote this book, good book. Proud of this book, hardest thing I ever wrote, best thing I've ever done professionally. It comes out in only 19 weeks. 19 weeks? Yeah, we're going to do it for 19 weeks. Um, This week's chapter, the things that have worked are the things that will work. So I operated in an environment where everything worked. I was really good at what I did. I was paid well for what I did. I had status as the president of distribution that made sense and, and, and made meaning in my identity for other people. And I was underfulfilled, not because it was a bad work environment. I was underfulfilled because the teams were so great. The senior leadership was so supportive. The strength of the intellectual property, the Marvel, Disney, Lucas, Pixar films that I was selling were so good that I didn't have to try as hard to do so well. And in the absence of having to try hard, I was not growing and in the absence of growth, I was unfulfilled. I had to change the way I was thinking about how fulfillment could show up. It wasn't about the attainment of titles, the attainment of money, the attainment of things that society said was important. It was about the attainment of discomfort for the opportunity to grow in that discomfort. I left thinking, right, all these things that I have experience-wise, they're going to be the things that are going to help get me through the next adventure that I walk into. And the jarring thing that I get into in this chapter is I was not prepared, even though I had all of this experience, for the things that I am experiencing today. And thank goodness for it, because the jarring nature of that disruptive force on my identity and the challenge to my competencies and the fact that I keep stumbling and learning from those mistakes, that, that's the reason why I've grown as much as I have in the last two years, period. As I write this book, <clears throat> I'm in the early days of the biggest leap of my professional career. I spent two de- decades working in business environments that were big or at least at the very least were much bigger than the small business arena I'm working in now. 
the situations that would come up in those big business settings were ones that had always come up because those worlds were mostly about traversing trails that had already been traveled at different companies over and over since the beginning of time. Now, I'm in this new role at a company that's less about trail management and more about trail blazing. I left what I knew for what I needed. I left what I knew for what I needed. I jumped into something foreign for the opportunity to be challenged, and the experience has been way harder than I thought it might be. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to do and pushing me, but it's coming at the expense of my comfort. It's coming at the expense of my ability to control all the variables. Of course it is. It's supposed to. I'd been telling myself and anyone who would listen how important it was to push into new unfamiliar work settings for the sake of growth. Over and over, I'd been talking about the virtues of sitting in uncomfortable scenarios in order to be challenged by new and different sets of circumstances. Theoretically, it made perfect sense. Once I actually embraced it, it really made sense. But in that interim season, between theory and practice, I was taking the first step towards situations where I could fail. I was living every day in environments that I was unfamiliar with, and I struggled to believe the things that I was preaching. These were hard days when I worried more about being found out as unqualified than I believed in the benefit of growth that would come out of these unknowns. As it turns out, this insecure feeling you get when you venture into new spaces and find yourself in new roles or move away from what you know for what you need has a name, imposter syndrome. It's what happens when our brain makes us doubt that the things that we've done, the qualifications that we have, make us worry that we will be discovered as a fraud. Even though I had two decades of evidence to support my qualifications for taking on this new role in my wife's company, I struggled with the feelings of not having what it took to do the job because it was different from what I'd done previously. Despite all the things listed on my resume, the organizations that I led, the, bills, the businesses I'd built, the way I'd been involved in things that would have suggested an abundance of competence for the job, I still found myself worrying that I'd be exposed as not having the specific set of expertise that this unconventional job required. I was walking into a company where revenues were driven by social media, publishing, digital education, licensed merchandise and apparel and live events. I have all this experience, but I've never specifically worked in any of these, in any of these fields. I just left the job because it wasn't challenging enough, but my brain somehow twisted that. I found myself associated the successes of my past with serendipitous circumstances and in, in doing so, stripped the impact that I as an individual contributor had on those successes. I'd been incredibly successful doing what I knew for so long, I questioned my ability to do well when circumstances required me to learn and do new things. You see, success can mess with you just as much as failure. So going into this new job, into this new world, into this new life, I was so confident about what I was jumping into until I started making the real steps that had me leaving what I knew for what I needed and those first steps, the fears that existed, whoo, just came rushing over me. And the rush of that fear 
left me paralyzed at first, wondering if I had the ability to actually do this stuff that I felt like was the calling of my life. And the way that those fears started to manifest was, you're not good enough. The skills that you have don't apply here. You're going to be exposed to someone who can't do this work. You should stop and wait until you've acquired the skills before you make these moves. And the reality is, I would never be in a position to actually have the, the, the stuff that I've learned show up in some apprenticeship. I had to step into and drink all of the experience that we've had, even though at times it was overwhelming. Even though at times it felt like I was running uphill, carrying all of these insecurities and fears on my back. And the headline is, it has been the hardest but most powerful experience of my professional life to stand in and run toward the things that I was afraid of because after having faced the things that I was afraid of, it's redrawn, it's reframed, it's redefined what I am actually afraid of. I am not afraid of the unknown. I'm not afraid of failure. I'm not afraid of maybe being exposed for not knowing what I don't in a way that I was two years ago. And that reframe for the experience that I've had has made me an exponentially greater leader of people and of how to grow and, and have this business be something that can continue to expand in a way that would not have happened. I don't know what your thing is. I don't know what your next great challenge is. But whatever your next great challenge is, if you are convinced that your next great challenge is a thing that you will pursue only once, you are fully and totally prepared for it, that day will never come. That day will never come. You will never be fully prepared for your next great challenge because if you were fully prepared, it would not be a great challenge. You can't grow when you're fully prepared. You've got to take steps towards things that you're not yet prepared for so that in the absence of being prepared, you can make mistakes, be humbled, have your insecurities exposed, work through the imposter syndrome, and grow from those experiences. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness on a Wednesday? Yo, listen, I love this book. It's the proudest thing I have ever created. It's available for pre-order this very second. If you're interested in buying it, man, I will uh, try to give you so much value for that decision. One of them, you get the first 30 minutes of the book on audio in real time. Uh, today, you can go to getoutofyourownwaythebook.com, uh, pre-order it, and you can listen to the first 30 minutes today. I have recorded a two-hour, two-full-hour e-course entitled, How to Find Your Why. Like, what is my purpose on this earth? How do I find my why? What is my calling? And it is going to be a gift, a benefit, a bonus that you'll get for having pre-ordered this book. And if you pre-order it today, you're going to get it when it comes out around the first of the year. We're going to have that come out as a thing that can help you jet out of this last 90 days period and into 2020 in a way that helps you chase down this next year in the best way possible. All right, we have six minutes until Rachel Hollis is on Good Morning America. She is coming on at 8.31. I am planning to watch this woman try and draw the audience away from the Start Today Morning Show. So we got time for just a couple of quick uh, questions if they exist. I will, hello, I wanna tell you this. 
Uh, does uh, Do bonuses happen if you get it on Audible? Yep. If you get it on Audible, I am reading the entire book, so you can definitely get it there, no matter where you order the book from. A, a local independent bookstore, a regular traditional retailer, bar, like a Barnes & Noble or Target, or if you get it on audio on Audible, yep, you, like, it, it's there. And uh, I'm excited for you to get it. I am, I, I'm so proud of this book. I am so proud of this book. I am so proud of this book. And I know it's going to be a great resource for you. If you would like to go to Rise Business, today is the last day for you to buy tickets. I am I'm giddy about how amazing this thing is going to be for the attendees. The speaker lineup that we have been able to put together on this stage will never be, will never be together again. We'll never, ever be together again. It is going to be the best practical, tactical teaching from people who are absolutely the foremost experts in their fields, teaching on the thing that they have the most expertise on. Right? Brendan Bouchard is renowned as the guy who wrote High Performance Habits. He's giving an hour-long talk on high performance habits. He is going to train and teach people how to absolutely crush habits. Amy Porterfield is a foremost expert in email marketing. She's going to do a full hour on how you should be doing your email in a way that will fundamentally change your business. There are people that are going to talk on leadership. There are people that are going to talk on like all, all, all sorts of topics. The thing that they're talking on, it is their specialty. Today is the last day to get tickets. I, man, I promise you it will be absolutely a fire, fire, amazing, wonderful event. And it will change the lives of those that are in the audience. Uh, all right, y'all. Good morning, America. Rarely am I going to try and tune you out of the Start Today Morning Show, but I'm going to do it today. Go turn on ABC, hit abc.com, hit Hulu, hit whatever you, whatever you need. Have a fantastic Wednesday. Thank you for being here at the Start Today Morning Show. Remember, it is not going to be something that you can pursue without fear. It is. Your, your challenge, your great next challenge, the thing that's going to grow you, help mold you into who you were put on this planet to be, you are going to have to step toward it even though it's scary and do it anyway. Let's go. Let's have a Wednesday. If you like this episode, share it with somebody, y'all. Tell somebody about this darn show that nobody's talking about. Break the first rule of the Start Today Morning Show and talk about it. We'll see you all tomorrow. Ray Ray Hollis and I will be back. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the Start Today Morning Show podcast. If you want to actually see the episodes, make sure you tune in in the morning every weekday, 8 a.m. Central on Facebook and Instagram on basically every channel we have. Our theme song is from Sarah Sunshine. Follow her at The Sarah Sunshine. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and Kevin Westlake. With production help from Nicole Fisher. And I'd like to give special thanks to Hawk, the fish that will never die.